0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question. It's a podcast that gives you too much information about how the real Snyder Cut is the one that nicks an artery and causes death. I'm Eric Boss, with me is Zach Huddleston. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. It's good to be back, um, Blue Dungeon adjacent. Yes,
0: and uh, uh, I won't try to read too hard what secrets you have written on your cards in the background. Our editor hopefully in post will put in other offensive things that <laughs> we'll blame <you> for.
1: <laughs> Most of these are offensive to the editors.
0: <laughs> all right, well, we are in the middle of DC week here at New Rockstars. Uh, we did breakdowns of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. We got coverage of all the big updates from DC's fandom, coming we know we just got some big news about the snyder cut robert pattinson's a batman we're so excited but breakdowns of all that will be coming out over the next couple days on the channel keep an eye out for it today zach and i are going to explore one of the more contentious points of Zack snyder's vision for this world the insanely high body count superman in these movies literally sinks into an ocean of skulls batman gets his organs ripped out by homelander superman now sure both of these you could say are dreams but are they dreams? Are they? Are they? We never really get confirmation <laughs> of what he was going through in the nightmare sequence, whether that's the future or the dream. I'm afraid. I'm scared.
1: <laughs> we should be. I think that was what was intended by Mr. Snyder. He wanted to scare us pantsless. Yes. He's just standing there. No!
0: Or for some of us, a shirtless, but you're not getting a look at my chest here, Mr. Snyder. Now, look, I don't want us to look like we're two little snowflakes and get triggered. Like, I don't get too mad really when it comes to Snyder's choice to have his Batman and Superman kill. I get it. It's like it's his vision, it's his variation, the DC theme. As long as it's like mostly justified by the situation, which they usually are. Like, it was totally justified for Superman to kill Zod in that scene. I get it. But it's still super fun to talk about across these DC EU films between these two characters who's more responsible for more deaths so zach the big question's coming your way this week who has killed more people batman or superman and Zack Snyder's DCEU.
1: Okay, and yes, we are limiting this just to the DCEU, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League. So don't come at me with Batman Returns, he shoved a bomb in a giant clown's pants and threw him off a bridge, okay? We know (laughs) there have been some maybe kills in both these characters past. And obviously in the comics, there's so many issues and so many variations. So we're limiting our scope to the more recent DCEU. And I'm also gonna talk about not only the kills that happen in those movies, but like put them into three different categories. A direct kill, right? Pink miss. Uh, I shoot you, I punch your head off, whatever. An Pink indirect fist. kill, or maybe the actions of our hero led to somebody dying, even if not directly. Oh, okay. And then a death by inaction. They could have done something and they chose not to, thus letting somebody die. Mm, okay. And maybe we'll weight we'll okay. these things differently because they are, they're morally kind of different
0: deaths. Yeah, well, I mean, once you've taken those lives, it still weighs on the soul the same way. Having done all three, I can tell you from personal experience.
1: <laughs> Gabe, uh,
0: Drew, Philip,
1: Zach, you're next. <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't seen Marina in a week or two. Um, okay, let's start with our main bat boy, Batfleck. Ben Affleck in the the Batman appearances, uh, starting with Batman v Superman, um, our first time seeing him, we see him with this whole like branding the criminals thing, right? When he catches the guys, he gives them a brand, which I gotta say, strategically, because the DCEU version of the bat symbol is so just like amorphously rectangular, I don't know how effective those brands are. <laughs> Somebody could be like, oh, uh, you're into rectangles or rhomboids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're walking
0: to a cattle poker at one point? <laughs> yeah. I got yeah.
1: one too. There's a uh, vaccine scars that are kind of worse than some of those brands. But regardless, we find out that when some of these branded criminals go to jail, they get killed for having those That's brands.
0: That's right, they're targeted.
1: And and it's yeah. a mixture of, we find out Lex Luthor is paying criminals, shout out yeah. uh, Long Beach legend C.T. Fletcher pays, uh, plays the uh, <laughs> shivving uh, criminal. And also maybe just kind of like the way that certain criminals like child molesters are treated in actual prison, right? Or, or, or snitches. It's talked about that um, 18 criminals have been branded and we see at least two of them die. So we could maybe uh-huh. assume 18 ish criminals have died indirectly because of that potentially yeah and his and his hot blade there hot knife and all these dudes <laughs> okay so that there's that but that's indirect he didn't mean for those people to die he just wanted them to be permanently scarred and to suffer greatly also indirect or possibly inaction so we know that this universe there is a dead robin at least uh, yeah,
0: one or, or- Probably maybe
1: a Jason Todd and a Dick Grayson, but we see the graffitied up uh, costume. And so we don't know how that happened. We can assume the Joker killed him or them in that Batman either wasn't able to stop them through inaction, maybe the inaction of not killing Joker, ironically, or, indirectly by letting this guy or guys uh, fight crime with them, Or children. (laughs) Yeah, or children. Tweens. Teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine how insane it would be to have like a 13-year-old sidekick? I mean, the movie Kick-Ass did, but. So two more deaths on his ledger, possibly in action or indirectly. Now let's get to some direct kills. Uh, as you mentioned, that nightmare sequence. Desert camo Batman, He's he's got no more cape, he's mm-hmm. just got like a cowboy slicker on. <laughs> and he is machine gunning fools. <laughs> machine gunning vaguely Nazi <laughs> uh, Superman acolytes. So there are parademons yeah. in the background there, but most of the soldier guys that Batman is shooting don't appear to be parademons. They are masked, but they appear to be humans.
0: But it's also implied that parademons might be like transformed, you know, higher intelligent creatures. It might be people who have been like transformed into parademons. There's definitely some grounds there that like, killing a parademon is also taking a life.
1: Yes, because you know what we never find out? Can those parademons be rehabbed, right? That's After right. they've paid no their No one debt- ever asked that. <laughs> no, nobody's asking these kind of hard questions here. After those parademons have paid their debt to para society, why can't they re-para join us again? We estimate, just based on gunshots and bullets that seem to connect, he kills about twelve people, twelve humans in okay. this sequence. But of course, we find out it's a dream or a nightmare, if you will, right? So these don't yeah. count unless this movie is, it kind of plays with this idea of like, or is that a vision of the future? And and I don't know about you, Eric. I don't normally um, dream about murdering a dozen soldiers, do you?
0: No, I dream about the first half of senior year still trying to finish my extended essay and my other ID <laughs> essays that I had to write. And for some reason, friends from college are there. And then um, the hosts of the talk for the job I used to work on are my teachers.
1: Yeah, I, I still, up until about two years ago, I still had the nightmare of, it's the last day of the semester and I've never been to a single class and I haven't studied and now I have to take the final. Yeah. But now I think that shifted to it's fine minutes before a rogue theory episode and i don't know how uh, spider-man 3 is gonna unfold
0: it's the same thing school never ends yeah.
1: <laughs> okay so uh, i'm not gonna count the nightmare kills and this isn't the last time we're gonna talk about their nightmare sequence but because it's technically a dream we don't get confirmation i'm not gonna count those on batman's ledger who i am gonna count are those uh bad guys in the port chase sequence we literally yeah. get to see a couple of those dudes get their heads caved in. <laughs> so he machine guns a bunch of guys. He lands the Batmobile on top of some guys. He crashes through some dudes. All kinds of mayhem and carnage here. It is direct and it is purposeful. He is not uh, setting his phasers to stun. Yeah, He's straight yeah. up shooting no. dudes.
0: I mean, they're shooting at him. I'm not, we're not saying it's not justified, but you know, other Batmen have tried to find ways to not kill people. This one's just like, Nope, they're going down. Judge, jury,
1: executioner—just like Superman uh, was worried about, right? Again, yeah. we don't know yep. how many of these bad guys were like Dennis Haysbert's character in Heat. They just got out of the pen. <laughs> they're trying to go straight, but you know what? Being a short-order <laughs> cook is hard. Okay, that's and right. And sometimes your old, your old crime buddies wave a big payday in front of you, and you do one last job. And maybe that last job was down at Gotham Port, whichever <laughs> port that was. Yeah. And you get yep. shot to death by uh, a, yep. a billionaire.
0: <laughs> okay, so how many people died of that okay, one? Okay,
1: so we counted it up it seemed like about thirteen people, right? You can't always tell how many oh, people wow. are in some okay, of these cars yeah. that are getting flipped, but it seems like a good baker's dozen worth of bad guys. And then last but not least in this movie for Batman, the most graphic Uh, and visceral right that warehouse fight where he's going to save uh, martha kent right we see him slam dudes heads into the ground like leave blood smears on the walls when he like slaps guys (laughs) i mean my favorite when he does that with the uh he hooks the box and throws the big crate at the guy i mean call him mailman because he delivers know what i'm talking about
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a postal service that'll never get defunded.
1: <laughs> I love this whole video. <laughs> Subtle political uh, commentary. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be political. That's what's crazy about it. Absolutely. There, it's the mailman. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on to Justice League. Okay. The the only other time we've seen Batman in the DCEU.
0: And not included Suicide Squad. But I don't Correct. think he actually, we saw him kill anybody in Suicide Squad. In fact, he, he kind of almost got
1: beat up by non-powered uh, Will Smith, right? Uh, yeah, for the sake right. of not embarrassing in front
0: of his kids. His daughter uh, saved that billionaire's <laughs> life. <laughs>
1: yeah. And in fact, he, he saved another life right because he saves uh, harley quinn's life
0: yeah he saves harley quinn joker you think he killed but you can't kill that joker he's gonna keep coming
1: back so So in justice league that opening sequence right where he uses the criminal to kind of lure in a parademon and then kind of attacks the Mm. parademon to the wall i'm not it's an indirect kill i'm not going to count it on batman's ledger because technically the parademon like self-destructs right? He kind of just immolates while being stuck (sighs) to the wall. Yeah,
0: fair, because Batman helps him along in that process, but really he was trying to get information from that parademon. You could argue he he wanted that parademon to stay alive longer to to try to find out what the whole Motherbox conspiracy was about.
1: And presumably this is one of his first interactions with a parademon. He doesn't know that, you know, they're like a a shark out of water and they'll die instantly the second they can't fly or something, (laughs) right? Um, So you can forgive him for that. But Speaking of parademons, right? We have that tunnel sequence, the water tunnel yeah. under Gotham, right? He, he seems to kill directly six parademons in that sequence. Okay. Now that's a good question again, are parademons Are they humans? Now in in our series of killing. Well, they're
0: not humans.
1: Well, or I guess, like, does it count as a death?
0: Are they intelligent life?
1: We don't we don't know. Like, have when you are converted to a parademon, is your life over? Right? Is this like a walking dead question where like when you see your ex-wife now as a zombie? A, is she are you still legally required to pay alimony to her? Right? Or (laughs) are you still kind of in in California? Yes. (laughs) Yes, in California. (laughs) Yeah. And so like we don't know. No, also because you know uh, Steppenwolf is is not just bound to the realms of Earth or whatever. These Parademons could be aliens that were converted,
0: or they're like you know you could argue they're orcs that are just bred on the planet Apocalypse. Either way, you know in Lord of the Rings orcs are intelligent life. They're not that smart, but it's a life that you take. If, if uh, Gimli and Legolas count them, I think <laughs> we should count these Parademons.
1: Okay, I'm sold. You know what? We need to expand our views. Count more things as living creatures or or sentient mm-hmm. creatures, right? I'm all for it. So he killed six sentient creatures there. (laughs) These are parademons (laughs) with wives and kids and they're parts of book clubs. Um, Okay, and then uh, in that final big battle where everything's red and they're in the weird Russian town, right? Uh, He seems to have killed about 25-ish direct parademons in that sequence, right? He steals one parademon's gun and kills a couple. He lures a bunch into a building when he's in the Batmobile and then the building kind of blows up on him, right? There's some creative ways. Uh, I would say it's probably not as deadly as Wonder Woman, I feel like was the MVP of that battle.
0: Sure, yeah. Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Aquaman, they kill way more. That's one thing I liked about this final, one thing I liked about this (laughs) final battle is like Batman really struggles with these things. it's not like Chitauri, where they're just mowing him down with a single body slam. He like, once they jump on his car, he's like, oh shit, like he, he doesn't do that thing where he just like flips a James Bond ejector seat and they fly off. He deals with, he never gets them off. He needs Diana to come in there and fight him yeah. off. I kind of like that he struggled.
1: Yes. And even with his fancy toys, it's wonderful toy. it's this is crazy, like spider mobile and all that, right? He yeah. is, He's not as nimble and agile as all these other kind of powered characters, right?
0: Yeah, he needs the rest of the team.
1: Which is good. I mean, it kind of makes sense. He's the elder statesman there. He's the grizzled old vet, right? Right. So that puts the total number of kills for Batfleck, right? About 86-ish. But if we're saying direct, right? And creatures he chose to end, we'll say 53 is his kill count.
0: Wow, okay. Across the DC, All right, sounds you know.
1: good. Let's let's move on to that other uh, beautiful slab of uh, muscle and jaw. Henry Cavill, Superman, coming in hot in Man of Steel. Okay, and I mean all meanings of hot, okay?
0: <laughs> and all meanings of coming.
1: Hey, yo! Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Show that Peter Parker clip, baby. (gasps) So, starting with, right, like kind of one of his seminal moments, speaking of coming, okay. Um, uh, You know, (laughs) a formative moment, if you will, for him was when Pa Kent, right, Jonathan Kent, they're caught in that freeway twister out of nowhere, Uh right? And Superman, he's like, oh, g- get get mom to safety, right? Superman's just chilling under the overpass. Well, Pa can't w- waves goodbye before he gets swept up in a twister. Stop. How about that. <laughs> Fuck. You know, super speed, ability to fly. There's a 150 yards between them, right? He could have covered that distance, no problem.
0: Yeah, that was a layup.
1: But he chose not to, I think, out of fear of revealing. Himself.
0: Yeah, Podkent said, Let me die. <laughs> Rather than maybe one of these kids accidentally seeing you move fast.
1: <laughs> also, low key, the whole reason uh, Kevin Costner or ran back into the twister was to save a dog. I'm sorry, my dude. I love animals. I've got I've got a tiny pug uh, sleeping in the room next to me right now. Bro, your life is worth more than that dog. Right?
0: You better cover that pug's ears. You don't want to hear him saying like, "Uh uh-oh. Zach does not value me that much. I'm less than a parademon. You can kiss my furry little butt.
1: There are people I would consider taking a bullet for. I can't think of a single animal I would take a bullet for or take a twister for in this case.
0: I mean, hey, it's a trope, right? Like, everyone (laughs) always goes back for the dog. Dogs, It's seeing a dog get hurt in a movie is more painful I think than seeing a person get hurt in a movie it's just it's a weird thing people love dogs
1: oh of course right and the the whole saves the cat moment right it's such yeah. a trope oh, yeah, that's in a big movies
0: it. which it should be save the dog no one gives a shit maybe that's why is because people are like why would you save a cat like, uh, <laughs> cats are great but like cats don't care about you once you save them dog you know you could just like look at a dog and smile and they'll be forever loyal to you dogs are so much better
1: Also, we both know cats are too smart. No cat would ever get caught in a car about to get destroyed. Like that cat (laughs) would be gone. Sam that would be kicking a little kid out from underneath the underpass. Get out of here. Um, Dogs are dumb. I, I love dogs. I'm a dog person, but they're dumb. Okay, so there's that one. And I I will say that that is a a death of inaction, right? And it was a conscious choice. It's an almost direct inaction, right? He chose to do nothing when he definitely could have. And that was an important part of kind of the genesis of this version of Superman. Jump forward in time a little bit to that battle of Smallville, the uh, yes. kind of the gas station, right? We get our first kind of direct interaction with Superman and, and the, the Zod Squad. And it <laughs> seemed like about four civilians were in that gas station or in cars. There's like two bicycles right next to the gas station, which uh, makes oh you think no. that maybe there was two little kids. <laughs> in there, you know, viral yeah. sody pop and some Charleston cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then their eyeballs popped from the extreme heat. <laughs> yeah, and then they, they melt into a pile of goo.
1: And, of course, there was a military presence there and the the Zod Squad are knocking down helicopters and and all this kind Uh of stuff.
0: One of the guys that rips off a pilot's head mid-flight and then you see his blood spray everywhere. We talked about that in the breakdown. That one was tough to watch. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Brutes! But, of course, that's not Superman directly doing that. Though you could argue if Superman hadn't discovered that scout ship the design squad wouldn't have come yeah. if superman wasn't there in smallville you know they would those other kryptonians would not be there right so it is an right, indirect right. thing and if you say that like indirect well we can't give him all those bodies but he probably deserves some percentage of them so let's let's just throw out the number nine Right. That's that's maybe 40 percent of all the deaths that happen in that sequence. And yeah, I mean, he didn't kill any of those people directly, but like his presence caused all of them to die.
0: And he did. He did work really hard to save people like he saved us a a ton of lives. So like maybe we get some extra credit there. He definitely gets some extra credit there. But he also could have moved the battle somewhere else. He didn't have to fight in his buddy Pete Ross's IHOP. He could have done it in the Waffle House, which is not going to have as many people. And yes. the people who are in the Waffle House, expendable.
1: That's absolutely right. It's it's out on the edge of town by the adult bookstore, you know, <laughs> and that shady liquor store. Nobody should be there. So it's strip row.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then um, the, the next two we're going to talk about are going to be, I think, even more controversial than that. That Kryptonian Genesis Chamber. All right. Oh, right. Uh, so the the <laughs> ship that Superman kind of goes Captain Marvel on and destroys. We know from that opening sequence with Russell Crowe, Jarrell on Krypton, right? That like within that Genesis Chamber, there are these like kind of uh, Brussels sprout esque pods <laughs> or stalks with these uh-huh. these like pods on them, right? That that birth Kryptonians, and so we know that those things were also in that ship that Superman destroys. And you can kind of do the math. There seem to be in that opening sequence, there seem to be about 26 stalks-ish, or how many you can see. And each of them have about 30, let's say like cryogenic chambers, egg chambers, whatever on them. So if you do that math, that's about 780 not quite born yet Kryptonians that Superman consciously chooses to kill. He even says, Krypton had its chance. I'm not gonna let you Kryptonians survive
0: yeah you know it's it's almost like the ripley and aliens moment like she's popping all those eggs and that's what superman's doing there he's just like using his heat vision the way she used the flamethrower we i think we can get those numbers because like when russell crow dives into the genesis chamber there's like a whole bunch of them there's a bunch of those pools because that's like their home world we can imagine that one of those pools was on that ship but i think it's safe to assume that what we can see in one of those is probably it's a standard size they're an efficient culture they probably make you know roughly the same amount because there's probably some algorithm that says you need this many in order to repopulate a world
1: absolutely right whatever the kryptonian gross is right a dozen dozen
0: kryptonian gross
1: (laughs) (laughs) now here's where another debatable thing is right these things are are not fertilized because superman has the codex right that's what they they need him to be able to
0: Oh, yeah, it's in its cells, yeah. Yeah,
1: right? So, when when does life begin, Eric?
0: Oh, well, definitely not before uh, conception. I mean, the people are arguing that say that you're baby-killing every time you menstruate. Like, that would be insane. Or, like, I guess there are some people who say that masturbation is a sin. <laughs> uh,
1: and guess who's not a member of that club?
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, And so I I think, like, though he kind of killed 780 potential Kryptonians, I don't think you can really say they were a death, right? It's almost like maybe you could say he neutered the potential, right? Maybe he snipped the the nutsacks or the ovaries of uh 780 worth of kryptonians right
0: yeah did superman know that his father had encoded the the codec into his cells that's something that zod and his scientists figured out but like as far as superman was concerned he knew there was a Genesis chamber on there. He didn't know that whether those pods were fertilized or not. To be willing to kill 780 babies is almost as bad as actually doing it, Zach.
1: That's true. And we, we, we have no idea how much he knew about what was on that ship, right? Like We have to assume he was down to stop the Kryptonian threat to Earth, but he didn't necessarily know the ramifications of like what's in every closet right. on that ship,
0: right? Zod should have told him in that moment, there's a daycare center. There are children on the aircraft. And he's just like, I don't
1: care. Crypton had its chance. We have a school here. There should have been some, like, uh, some baby carriages. Maybe like a cradle Uh, or two, just sitting around. Some some Fisher-Price
0: toys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. See? (laughs) See? (laughs) Some doodles on the walls that are, you know, toddler height.
1: But they're like Kryptonian doodles, so they're like badass. Covered in crazy armor for no reason. Uh, Okay, so though you could say you know 780 we're not going to count it right there's there's too many ifs okay uh, fair. there i'm not going to yeah. count it on superman's kill count at least his direct kill count right but now okay the big shebang okay the battle of metropolis oh, one of the most boy. controversial <laughs> things about the dceu double or triple 911 right there in the middle of metropolis right? at
0: least yeah
1: oh hardcore right okay so We're not going to put the bodies on Superman of, like, when the Genesis engine kind of, like, blows up stuff initially. Obviously, that was totally Oh, yeah, the the
0: world engine is flattening. Yeah, Superman did everything he could to stop that, yeah.
1: Right, right. So we're not going to... Put all of that on him, certainly. Now, again, just like in the Battle of Smallville, he probably deserves a little bit of that credit because they wouldn't be doing that if Superman wasn't on Earth,
0: right? Curiosity kills the everyone.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's why I have chosen to never be curious. I'll live forever. Uh, but now, <laughs> especially, you could put a lot more onto Superman for when he chooses to fight Zod in the middle of Metropolis, right? And they're smashing through buildings, yeah. they're collapsing skyscrapers, right? And we can see, cause we see Lois Lane right right over there. There's people kind of still in the wreckage. We can assume maybe some of Metropolis was able to evacuate, but like um, a major, we know that in the DCEU, Metropolis has 11 million citizens to get 11 million people out of a major me- metropolitan oh, area. impossible.
0: In I mean, the middle of the days. day with no warning? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah, yeah. know these
1: office buildings are filled with people, right? Even if some of them were able to get out. You know, some people got out of the towers in 9-11, but lots of people did not. So we have to assume, in fact, a, a consulting firm that specializes in, like, damage assessment watched this movie and guessed there was about 379,000 people killed overall. <sighs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, there were dozens of skyscrapers that collapsed onto thousands of people running around in the streets. That makes sense, unfortunately. Yeah, and, I mean,
1: pedestrians, people in cars trying to get out, right? Who knows, like, you know, a couple buses here or there, maybe even, like, a collapsed subway system. It's insane, yeah. and that's not to mention not to go too dark, right? But a lot of the people that died from nine eleven died from uh, diseases, asbestos. I don't, I don't oh, know yeah. uh, what the OSHA codes are for m- Metropolis, right? But you have to imagine there's going to be so much PTSD. We we know at least one guy was paralyzed, and that came into play later, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. That was a big deal. And that led to so many more deaths. And didn't Zack Snyder say there was like about 5,000 people died in Metropolis? But that is crazy. That's like when the MCU was like, oh, like a couple hundred people died in the Battle of New York. It's like, <laughs> no, directors. You have a choice to put what number there. Just round up. Just be realistic with how many people yes. died. And no one's going to fault you for the number adding an extra zero to it. You know? Yes.
1: If, if you choose to collapse buildings, then it's on you. Okay? They could just be punching each other in the park parking lot, you know, and whacking each other with stop signs (laughs) or something like that, but you wanted them to smash through buildings, okay? And and here's where it's heaviest on Superman's head. He chose to fight that dude in the middle of Metropolis, right? Superman too. going back to Christopher Reeves, the first time we kind of saw Zod on screen, right? Oh yeah. He drew the Zod squad out to like the middle of nowhere to fight them. So there's not as many yeah, bystanders. Yeah, that was a choice. Right? Superman could have done the same thing. Hell, both these dudes can fly. They could just go up like a quarter mile under the sky and punch each other silly. But right, they chose to slam right. each other through buildings. At any point, Superman could have like used his intellect and like, hey Zod, let's make a deal and we'll make a deal 20 miles away or, or
0: whatever. It'd be like a defensive lineman saying like, you'll be able to push me back into the goal line and then I'll tackle you. It's like the whole point is to stop the forward momentum to do further damage, that's that you're trying to protect. That's the one task at hand is to protect lives. And you're thinking that the best way to do it is to like slowly jump in front of that LexCorp semi truck that he, uh, like, you know, just grab him and, and fly him into space. Yes. Do everything you can to keep that fight on the moon. Absolutely. And,
1: and, you know, I think the defenders of Superman in this situation would say that he was trying to save all of Earth because Zod was basically going to wipe out everybody if he got his way, if he wasn't defeated. But uh-huh. I think that's part of the. the the conflict of a hero, right? Like, Batman could kill Joker the first time he comes across him. kill you. And thus, save the lives of everybody that Joker will ever kill. But because he's conflicted, he has to take the high road. He has to be the better person, right? Instead, he locks up Joker, knowing that he'll get out in a year and probably kill a couple more innocent people. But here, Superman does not take that tack. And instead, he says, actually... Some people are gonna die in Metropolis, but it's for the greater good. But he's willing to accept casualties. I don't yeah. know. We could go back and forth It, forever, it just doesn't
0: right? really seem to bother him that much. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> a big <laughs> thing. He's more upset by killing Zod than like thousands of people dying.
1: And of course, right, that battle ends with a very direct kill the old next snapper he gets a point for that one for sure oh that's a that's a big old fat point okay now fast forward Batman <laughs> versus Superman there's one very direct kill early in that movie the kind of Kenyan warlord that's taken Lewis Lane hostage right uh, Superman smashes him through a wall right that dude's definitely dead poor guy yeah that's the no way he lived <laughs> we find out he was kind of a stooge or a patsy right being set up and then in the nightmare sequence we talked about before we know Batman had a lot of kills there but of course so did Superman we see him directly like you know, laser vision, half a dozen dudes in half. And in theory, all those goons that are there, you, know, they have his emblem on their shoulder, right? They're there on his behalf under his orders, right? So you can estimate maybe there's about thirty people that either he directly or his goons kill in that sequence. But again, it was all a dream. So we won't count it. But again, man, eh, still shady, still questionable. we're still visually seeing Superman kill people on a screen and the shock that that entails. Okay, now, Flashing forward to that Capitol building sequence, the guy harmed in the Mm -hmm. rubble of the Battle of Metropolis. He's got an explosive wheelchair given to him by Lex Luthor. We did a little estimating math here, but let's say about 220 people. Right, We see all the people in that kind of meeting chamber. You have to assume there's offices all around there. I mean, it's a gigantic explosion, right? And you had press and lawmakers and like protesters, all kinds of people in there. So 220 seems like a pretty good number there for how many people die. Of course, not directly caused by Superman, but that dude was pissed at Superman. The meeting's taking place because of Superman.
0: It's crowded because of Superman. I mean, there's a lot of Senate hearings in which it's like you know crickets
1: and especially right if superman didn't show up that dude wouldn't have set off the bomb right because the bomb was intended to to either kill superman or more likely to kind of like set him up as a bad guy.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, Lex wanted to set up Superman as, like, a, a further enemy. He was working both sides to try to get Superman and, and Batman to hate each other more and more and more and more. Yes. It's complicated. It's a very complicated, it's very complicated. scheme. Too big for little minds.
1: But, you know, so that, let's say those are indirect kills. And then finally, end of the movie, the Doomsday fight, he does successfully kill Doomsday. So that's a direct kill. Yeah, he gets him. kill uh dies in the process so you know could have been a little more efficient there but hey you know got the job done yeah and then finally in justice league Superman's not there for most of the movie, of course. Uh, He gets violent when he gets revived. And he certainly wrecks a cop car or two, right? And kind of beats up on the Justice League, but doesn't kill anybody. And he also misses most of that final sequence when all those parademons are getting killed. So he doesn't really... That's right. Doesn't even really kill any of the parademons. He's he's pretty inactive in that movie, so no kills for him.
0: Almost useless. They did (laughs) separate those three mother boxes, so great. Nerfed. He did the equivalent of like, hey, Superman, can you open this jar of pickles, please? <laughs> Great, thanks, the world saved.
1: If only opening jars of pickles could save the world, guys, I would have saved so many worlds, okay? I have very few <laughs> tangible <laughs> skills in life, but I can open a jar of pickles. Final tally here. And again, I talked about different categories of kills. We mentioned some that we're not really gonna count. So this is this is the final zach approved boom, boom, kill counts here for Superman and Batman in the DCEU. Direct kills of Batman 53, especially if we're counting parademons. Direct kills of Superman, assuming we're not counting weird fetus pods or people in buildings that get collapsed on top of them or whatever. He's only got three. Superman only has three kills, really. Direct confirmed kills. The Kenyan Warlord, Zod, and Doomsday. And really, you can make an argument, all three of those are pretty bad dudes. Probably deserve to die. Yeah. So I think, you know, in in our standings, uh, Batman way deadlier directly. Superman, Way deadlier indirectly. He's over 95,000.
0: We're going to attribute all of them. Yeah. 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 That's an important distinction. I guess we can say that Superman might be deadlier, but Batman <laughs> is more of a murderer. It's the difference between, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees and the Hulk. The Hulk has, yes, a lot of people have died because of the Hulk, but well, I guess you could argue Jason Voorhees doesn't even know he's killing that many people. There's also estimates that Jason Voorhees has killed thousands and thousands, so maybe <laughs> he's a bad example. That guy's done a lot. <laughs> You on. can flash
1: back to the video you made with Tommy, where he used famous horror movie villains as yeah, yeah. His kill count. And I think Jason Voorhees was the top level.
0: Uh, well, thank you for breaking that all down, and uh, let us know what uh, kills you think should be counted and shouldn't be counted, because there, you know, there's a lot of skulls. A lot of skulls <laughs> get cracked in this movie. But we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode. First off, thanks to our sponsor, Full Sail University. So Full Sail University, Zach and I know that because it's located just outside Orlando, Florida. We had a lot of friends who went to Full Sail. It's this great institution. It's It offers associates, bachelors, and master's degrees designed for the world of entertainment, media, arts, technology. Uh, Their online and on-campus programs are accelerated, so you can earn your degree in half the time. We know a couple people who are now like working as editors, as filmmakers, uh, in all kinds of creative industries here in LA, who they all went to Full Sail. It's just kind (laughs) of interesting to be like, what? Wow, wow. What are they doing there that's working so great? So Full Sail degrees are immersive, but hands-on, so you can learn your craft using the same same tools and technologies found in the industry you're studying. Full Sail grads are able to come back and audit classes throughout their careers and receive lifetime career development support. That's awesome uh, very few other institutions would would let you do that that's awesome full sale grants have gone on to do big things from mixing hit records working on major hollywood films like we were talking about to winning oscars winning grammys uh, me when i checked it out i was most intrigued by their online bachelor's in digital cinematography degree with its courses in directing and film criticism lots of cool stuff they're teaching there to learn more about full sales programs as well as potential scholarship opportunities visit fullsale.edu slash big We also want to thank our friends at ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. So when you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right, Zach? At least
1: 50% of the time.
0: Well, you should do it 100% of the time because using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door behind you. And 50% of the time, bad things can come in and do bad, bad things to you. Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit, folks. And what's worse is they can sell this information to ad companies, tech giants, dark forces out there in the world who will use your data to target you in dark scary ways. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity cannot be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices. It works on everything. Phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. Isn't that great? We're just trying to do as much for as many people as we can. And the best part is, using ExpressVPN as easy as closing the bathroom door which it should be easier but that i guess gets (laughs) kind of hard but ExpressVPN makes it really easy. All you got to do is yeah, fire up the app, click one button, you're protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, which it is for most of us nowadays, secure yourself by visiting ExpressVPN.com BigQ today. Use my exclusive link. That's expressvpncom BigQ, and you can get an extra three months for free. That's ExpressVPN. Okay, we have time for one more with a box of scraps question. And this question this week is, do you have a terrible drinking story? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Of course. I think anybody that's ever had a drink has a terrible drinking story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it comes with the territory.
1: Well, I'll I'll lead here. And this is, I, I don't have a great tolerance for anything. I enjoy sip of alcohol, maybe other legal substances, but I've never been able to handle like very much of those things, right? And that's okay, because I, I know my limits and I usually am good with them, but occasionally I make a mistake. And one time that comes to mind, it was about 2009-ish, I had not been in LA that long, and I went with two friends to a party at the uh, USC Law School. We had a friend who was going to USC Law School. So we went down mm-hmm. there, fun kind of party. It was kind of dying down. We got there kind of late, but they had, a big bowl of sangria. Eric, you know this about me. I love fruit.
0: (laughs) not the alcoholic component there's fruit in
1: this beverage (laughs) yes so they made a big like a giant punch bowl worth of sangria and it had like diced up apples and like pineapple and grapes and all this kind of stuff maybe some melon in there you know whatever it was a fancy kind of sangria and I love whole fruit you know chunks of fruit whatever and so I was like oh I I didn't know anybody at this party it was kind of low energy anyway so I kind of posted up by the sangria bowl and I'm just kind of popping out little chunks of fruit snacking on those you know i'd already had a drink or two so i didn't need to drink that much more well lesson out there for people that are not aware of the powers of sangria the oh. alcohol collects in the fruit
0: oh it soaks in the you <laughs> yes the, yes
1: yeah, the so and it's kind of masked yeah. by the flavor of the apple or the grape or the whatever oh, so yeah, i was yeah, eating yeah. basically like shots of booze while i was snacking oh yeah it's like jello fruit.
0: shots that you're doing <laughs>
1: Yes, and it just kind of, but you're unaware because you're used to like, oh, I could drink two or three drinks, great, but you don't realize how much you're consuming when you're just snacking on fruit. So anyways, flash forward, an hour or so goes by, we're gonna head home, and so my friend is driving, luckily I'm, I'm not driving in this story, and I'm in the backseat, mm-hmm. he, he and his girlfriend are in the front two seats, and we're on the 110 freeway going through downtown LA when it hits. Okay? Uh-oh. And I get I get the spins, I'm nauseous. I already kind of get car sick even when I'm stone cold sober. So things go mm. bad, we're going down the freeway like late at night, so there's no traffic, I'm probably doing 60. I just real quick have to roll the window down and hurl on the freeway. Uh-huh. But luckily I feel a little bit better. 15 minutes later we get home as I get out of the car, I realize that the entire back half of the car, there's just a giant bright red streak down the side of the uh, car. Because, uh, of course, you're driving fast uh, enough, you know, all the vomit kind uh, uh, of slams back in the car. And it was all uh, bright red because all this sangria. So that's my uh, drinking story. It just looks like I blood.
0: Painted... It's like this person sideswiped a bike messenger.
1: <laughs> yeah. All the people that were driving next to us on the freeway we were like, what happened to this car? Bless my friend. <laughs> he got out the hose, hosed it down, and I was fine the next day.
0: So that that's amazing. Um I've had a lot of terrible drinking stories because uh, you know, we went to a state school, it's kind of a party school. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was one of the schools. That I, was Florida ever number one on the number one party school? Usually, Penn State was number one. Like, but it usually
1: made the top ten. I feel like, yeah,
0: yeah. So we would do a lot of drinking, and then coming out of college, I still kind of had that college mindset of like, I love getting drunk. I love getting hammered with my friends. Wild night. Yeah. But I was never that. So I would brag to my older brother. I'm like, you should have seen me in college. Like I was. I would get drunk all the time. I'd get. Oh, I got. I would tell him these like glory stories that were like. Like he's probably just rolling his eyes he's like all right because he was like in a frat like my brother is uh he's like in the navy like he, he's he's definitely like puts him down i went on a trip to japan uh he was living in japan at the time so i visited him it was awesome it was, a, it was such a great trip uh and he showed me tokyo um and tokyo has a part of tokyo called the ropongi district and it's known as like it's where you go drinking it's like uh it's very westernized there it's where a lot of like the businessmen and and western tourists will go because there's just like a ton of uh Bars like a ton of whiskey bars because whiskey's a huge deal in Japan. It's it's it like rivals Scotland in terms of like where you can get like the the finest whiskeys. But they're all about it's not like Roppongi is where you're gonna find nice whiskey, it's where you just find you know they just have crappy whiskey bars. It's like
1: Bourbon Street or something, right?
0: Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he takes me to this bar and he's like, All right, if you're such a big drinker, uh, and he takes me to this place, and all it is is a shot bar, but we're there for probably an hour, but it felt like three hours because every time someone rings a gong, it means that, uh, whoever did that bought a shot for everyone in the bar. It's like super cheap shots and you have to do a shot or it's bad luck. So like really the truth is of like all my stories from college, I was drinking the lightest beer in the world. I wasn't drinking hard liquor. If I did, it was super like watered down and I had done one of them. And then I like fell asleep and took a nap and that was enough (laughs) here. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I've never blacked out so hard. At some point when I was given a shot, I would just hand it to these dudes next to me. And like later, my brother was like, yeah, you were talking to these like businessmen in their 40s for like, uh, you know, 20 minutes and you were singing songs with them. (laughs) And I was like, I don't remember any of this. And I don't remember anything after that bar. We went to three more bars that night. Three more bars. And I don't remember any of them. He's like, yeah, at one point we got this like street food and then he started eating me and my buddy's street food. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you kept ordering more drinks. And we're like, I guess he can handle it. And I was sick The whole rest of the trip uh. Like I we, we went to other There's so many cool places To get drinks in Tokyo There's this uh, area Called the Golden Guy District Where there are these Tiny little closet sized bars And you just hop You go from bar to bar to bar you pay a, a small little cover And then you just drink One, one of the two beers That they have there um, And I I couldn't have more than one drink the whole time. And he's like, are you okay? You're not talking to anyone. I'm like, I'm still sick. I never want to tweak again. I'm too much a baby. (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah uh there we went to this robot bar in tokyo which if you've been to tokyo this is the thing you do it's just crazy like it's a robot restaurant they have like these robot fights and they have these girls who have keg backpacks and they come around and they fill up your beer and she hit to me she's like you want beer and i'm like no stay <laughs> away from me um uh, yeah careful beware the Rapungi whiskey bars because they'll get you
1: there's a uh a wrestling tag team called Rapungi vice because they used to wrestle in japan and that was i a- might have
0: wrestled one of them that night i wouldn't
1: know <laughs> yeah. you might be married to one of them we don't
0: know <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that is our show thank you so much for joining us uh this week for the big question thank you zach for breaking down those numbers for batman and superman from the dcu fascinating insights there and and you can send us your questions on discord using uh our discord server it's a great community but it's exclusive to patrons you can become a patron of new rock stars at patreon.com slash new rock stars you can also get audio versions of the show by subscribing to our new rock stars big question podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts and of course you can send us your questions on twitter just use the hashtag big question we're more likely to see it on discord though Uh, you can follow me on instagram and twitter at ea boss follow zach huddleston at z huddleston and you can follow new rock stars on social subscribe here on youtube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about thank you for joining us we'll see you next week Bye bye